Boss is here. Military parents never miss a beat, and neither does the Johns Hopkins U.S. Family Health Plan. Built for every warrior in your family, with more than 40 years of service to military families, TRICARE Prime Benefits plus exclusive extras. Learn more at warriorsathome.com. It is SNY.TV's The Juice on the Cuse podcast, covering Syracuse basketball, lacrosse, and football. Today on The Juice on the Cuse podcast on SNY.TV, we'll be talking about big sanctions for Syracuse and the future of the basketball program. I'm Wes Chang, and I'll be joined later by Andrew Cowie, and our guest today is Syracuse.com's Chris Carlson. Chris, always a pleasure to have you on the program. Yeah, thanks for having me, Wes. Uh, interesting times, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, let's get let's get started. I want to get you started on this one. Obviously, the big news out of Syracuse is the punishment that got handed down last week. Five-year probation, 108 forfeited wins, a nine-game suspension for Jim Beheim and ACC play, a reduction of 12 scholarships over four years, recruiting restrictions. Chris, in your opinion, was this fair or foul? I think, uh, and most of the experts in compliance think that it's fair. Um, you know, the, the, uh, the 108 wins, it's a high number, but all those wins correlate to a game that an ineligible player was used. So if the NCAA proves an ineligible player played, um, you know, those games go off the books. Um, the nine-game suspension for Jim Beheim uh, certainly harsh, uh, but, uh, you know, the, the NCAA has a new rule in effect starting in 2013 that a head coach is responsible for his staff. Uh, one of the few members of Jim Beheim's staff directly committed NCAA violations. So clearly he didn't control his staff. Uh, and the recruiting, viola- the recruiting restrictions um, and the scholarship losses are high. Uh, but you also look at it, you know, Syracuse didn't hold any high-level administrator accountable for anything. So the NCAA is probably going to hit them harder uh, in that category than they would have if, if you know, they decided that somebody was actually responsible for this mess. So one of the things that kind of flows off that that I think a lot of people are having a hard time wrapping their heads around is a scholarship situation, especially as it relates to, you know, Thomas Bryant. So, you know, there's kind of two different schools of thought that I'm seeing is that uh, the three scholarship rule applies this year and Syracuse can't sign anyone um, outside that, so they would need four people to leave if you add the one um, uh, self-imposed one scholarship. And then there's a second interpretation that you add the one self-imposed scholarship, and then they would just need another person to leave because Syracuse is deferring the punishment to the 2016-2017 season. H- have you gotten any clarity on that from the NCAA? You know, uh, our our uh, basketball beat writer Mike Waters has been trying to get an answer from the NCAA uh, unsuccessfully. They keep kind of uh, forwarding us the rules or the determination. <laughs> uh, he and I both read it the same way. He and I, when we read the, the NCAA's ruling, we both saw that um, the deferment could only occur uh, to get players who had executed financial aid agreements into the school. Um, which would not include Thomas Bryant. It would include everybody else. Um, so our interpretation was they need four guys to get Thomas Bryant in because that way, um, you know, they're not able to defer the penalty for a guy who hasn't signed the scholarship. So to get somebody else new in, they would have to accept the penalty this year. Um, that's kind of how both of us saw it, as convoluted as that reasoning is. And, you know, just 
a follow-up question for you on that is, you know, let's just go with the scenario where they do have the four scholarship situation. Uh, you know, is it even a reality um, from everything you've heard or just based on your own opinion that Syracuse would actually find four people to leave to make room for Thomas Bryant? Do you think that would even be in the realm of possibilities? I, I mean, it's, it seems incredibly unlikely. Um, you can pick out four names that, that as a Syracuse fan, maybe you'd, you'd You'd send packing uh, for Thomas Bryant. <laughs> you can certainly come up with that list. Um, but unless Syracuse wants to pull scholarships, which is really uh, frowned upon and would make them look terrible in the wake of this NCAA investigation, uh, it's hard to imagine that four guys w- would go. So, uh, you know, if Mike and I are right and if our interpretation is correct, Thomas Bryant is pretty much a no-go. Now, what's your sense from the team after the penalties were handed down? Do you think it was, you know, more relief that it was finally over, or you know, is there still some anxiety about the damage that had been done? Um, you know, I, I think mostly relief, to be honest with you. Um, they, they've played kind of under this cloud all season, and, and this uh, not knowing what's going on all season. And I do think that that a lot of them are are just happy that it's over. Um, they don't have to worry about the postseason ban next year, um, so they can just go about their business. Um, it, was, it was a trying year, um, and they really did play their their, their guts out. Um, so, so I think a lot of them are just happy to, to turn the page and, and look forward to next year when when they should, um, by all appearances, you know, have a pretty good team again. Chris, we'll get you out of here on this one. Uh, do you see this punishment as being a, a crippling blow for the basketball program? So, in other words. Is this the end of Syracuse basketball as we know it? No, they'll be they'll be perfectly fine. Um, you know, you can take uh, three or four players off of this year's team, and the results wouldn't be much different than they actually were. <laughs> right. Uh, you know, Jim Beheim plays a short rotation. Um, he's still going to get the star guys who come in and want their playing time right away. Um, the luxury he won't have is you won't be able to have project players on the roster. Uh, he might not have that diamond in the rough. Um, it, it could keep it could keep Syracuse from a national title. It could keep them from a Final Four, but it's not going to keep them from having a really good team and, and being where uh, people expect Syracuse to bat- basketball to be. I think people listening to that, especially Syracuse fans, are going to be breathing a sigh of relief. Uh, Chris, thanks so much for coming on the program. Again, Chris Carlson from Syracuse.com doing a great job covering all the news with the NCAA sanctions. Chris, thanks so much. We'll speak with you soon. Yeah, anytime, Wes. Again, great stuff from my friend Chris Carlson, and thanks to him for at least explaining the latest with the Thomas Bryant situation. I know a lot of fans are very curious about that. But I'm now joined over the phone by the Juice Online senior college basketball analyst, Andrew Cowie. Andrew, thanks for calling in today. Oh, no, great to be here. Uh, Andrew, uh, you know, obviously we have to start off on a pretty sour note. You know, you're a former member of the basketball program. You were there. You won a national championship in 2003. What is it like as a former player, you know, hearing about the sanctions and all the stuff that went on at Syracuse? You know, it's obviously tough. No matter if you played there, you went to school there, or even if you're just from Syracuse, you know, the great thing about the school is that it has a special connection with, with upstate New York. It's a, it's a small school. And just you have that, a good feeling. And the last thing you want to see and when you go on ESPN.com or you're watching ESPN is sanctioned. Uh, towards Syracuse and so forth. So that's, it's never it's never easy, but the great thing about the program is it's a, it's a solid program. I mean, I have 100% confidence in not only Coach Beheim, but Coach Hopkins, Coach McNamara, just the whole staff that 
you know, sanctions are tough and, and some can argue excessive, but at the end of the day, I know that they'll get through it in the long term. The program will be fine. You know, I know that you continue to be close with a lot of guys on the team. I mean, we've had, you know, Hakeem Work, we've had Josh Pace on the program. Have you spoken about them with, uh, you know, the, your former teammates about what happened, and what, what do they think? You know, I haven't had a chance to reach out to them yet. They're actually overseas. I think Josh is in New Zealand, and I think Hakeem is in Turkey. So I haven't really had um, a chance. But part of it is also, you know, I think I'm a little bit, with it being close to the program, you kind of knew something was coming down for a while. So when it all came down, it wasn't like a big shock. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it's more of like, all right, it is what it is. Let's move on. Let's get over it. I, I would have been a bit more concerned if there was postseason ban, you know, beyond this year because that really hurts. Would would hurt recruiting the most because kids kids are not going to come to a school if they can't play in March Madness. That's that's the right. most important thing. So losing scholarships isn't great, but I would have been definitely more devastated if if it was a postseason ban beyond this year. Now let's let's just leave this whole NCAA situation behind for a second, and you know let's talk about this past season because, uh, you know it, it ended at an 18 and 13 clip, and you know it, it's funny because when you were we were talking before the season, you were thinking this was a 12 to 14 loss team, and you ended up being correct. But you know they overcame I think a lot of injuries, including you know of course with Daywan Coleman, but then eventually with Chris McCullough. In some ways, I think they kind of overachieved. Absolutely. I think, you know, we all were a bit hesitant going into the season because we just had so many new players and we didn't know how McCullough, we didn't know, um, you know, point guard situation and so forth. So the great thing about them is we always felt like they were always in a game where they always played hard. And that's what you want from a Syracuse team. At the end of the day, if if we lose because the other team's better, has more talent or, you know, whatsoever, then that's okay. You know, we can all live with that. Uh, the great thing I think is that they played. They always played extremely hard. They always were trying to either get back in the game, um, going all out on defense, and mistakes were made. And sometimes the team was just better. But uh, I always liked the effort, and that that's a good thing to see. Now, one of the things that you mentioned before is that you know we have at least next season to look forward to because there is the possibility of them going to the NCAA tournament. So, you know, for you looking at this roster, and there's still maybe some things in flux. But who do you really see among the returning players? who's really going to take that big step forward next year and, and really make that kind of Rakeem Christmas-type leap? That's a great question. I think, you know, summer is just really important for, for a guy like a B.J. Johnson. He had some good games late in the season, starting to get a little bit more confident. Um, that's the type of guy that I, I liked him at the beginning of the season, and just you could see the talent there. And I would love to see him make that kind of big jump uh, going into your junior season. We've seen that with a lot of players in Syracuse history, from Hakeem to Josh. Sometimes you need two years uh, to get used to just college basketball and, and the daily grind of it. And summertime is really where you hone your skills. And 6'7", he's a perfect he's a perfect Bayhound player. And I think if uh, he can really you know, get the confidence and, and go into next season and say, hey, I can really you know show my talents, then I think that's something uh, to look forward to. And obviously... You know, someone like a Chris McCullough looking to see how he comes off injury. We know the talent that he possesses. Uh, and then the biggest question will always be, uh, you know, the point guard situation. Uh, it's, it's the most important part of a team, I think. And uh, we, can all, we can only keep our fingers crossed with that. So let me get your way-too-early prediction for next year. You know, we kind of talked about, again, heading into last season, that we were, you know, kind of in the 12-14 uh, the to 14 loss range. But now, you know, you have a lot of guys returning and you have a very talented incoming freshman class. 
Uh, do you see Syracuse, you know, back toward where we've gotten used to them, you know, you know, being a, a ranked team and being at the top of the ACC? I, I think it's going to be a lot of unknowns. It's tough to get a prediction now because I think there's so many fresh, freshmen are going to play a role again next year, and we just don't – we're just not sure about them because we haven't had a really great chance to see them. I think if they're going to go into the season, probably not ranked, uh, especially with the nine games, they have not being able to coach the ACC. But that's okay. Sometimes it's good to go in with low expectations and, and surprise uh, a lot of college basketball analysts and even Syracuse fans. So I think uh, when we start seeing preseason uh, games in the first couple of games, we'll get a, we'll get a good sense with the freshmen where the confidence is and how if they're ready for a big-time college basketball. Yeah, and you know, I whenever I hear preseason stuff and you know the possibility of the team not being ranked, I always point out your team, the 2003 team. You guys started out unranked, and look what happened. So absolutely, uh, I mean, we came off of NIT. No, you know, no one knew what Melo would be like. Everyone knew he was good, but same thing with Jerry. No one knew how how great it would be. Hakeem and Josh were didn't play that much really their freshman year until late late in the season. So uh, it's okay. Low expectations are are sometimes a good thing. Well, on that note, Andrew, we're right at the end of our show. Your closing thoughts? Uh, my closing thought: You're going back to the NCAA. I think uh, this is a great time, you know, to for Syracuse fans out there to continue just wear their, you know, their Syracuse gear, their hats, their shirts. You know, we're going to get a lot of comments just walking around, and, and someone will say from reading the headlines, "Oh, you know, Syracuse will happen." But I think staying positive and just kind of representing your team and where you're from, uh, I think, is key. And and don't don't be uh, afraid to keep wearing our orange. That's a great, that's, you know, it's funny you say that, Andrew, because I'm actually wearing orange socks right now, and uh, I definitely want to rock all the orange stuff that I can for the time being. Absolutely. <laughs> My closing thoughts are on the Syracuse lacrosse team. Uh, Andrew, you know, it's been a great start for the team this year. They're 5-0 and this season, in part because of face-off specialist Ben Williams, who's winning more than 70% at the X. You know, by comparison, last year, Syracuse only won 42%. So big reason why Syracuse is 5-0, and and they won 14-6 uh, to six over St. John's on Sunday. So congratulations to the team for their hot start. That's it for us. For Andrew Cowie, this is Wes Chang reminding you that it's pointless for a human to paint scenes of nature when they can go outside and look at it. You've been listening to the Juice on the Cues podcast on SNY.TV, and we'll see you next time. This has been the Juice on the Cues podcast, part of the SNY.TV podcast network. Looking for a fun way to win 25 times your money this football and basketball season? Test your skills on Prize Picks, the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Just select two or more players, pick more or less on their projection for a wide variety of stats, and place your entry. It's as easy as that. If you have the skills, you can turn $10 into $250 with just a few taps. Easy gameplay, quick withdrawals, and injury insurance on your picks are what make Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Ready to test your skills? Join the Prize Picks community of more than 7 million players who have already signed up. Right now, Prize Picks will match your first deposit up to $100. Just visit prizepicks.com slash play100 and use code play100. That's code play100 at prizepicks.com slash play100 for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy.